and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Happy Glory Day, y'all. It's Sunday. I just got off, well, that's a nice way to start it. I just got off on online church. (laughs) I just had online church. I just got off from, (laughs) never mind, you know what I'm saying. Anyways, today we're going to talk about why when we relapse do we have to go back to step one? What if we're at step three or what if we've just finished our fourth or what if we're on step 10? Because step one requires that we admit that we are powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Now, I understand in the compulsion phase, when you have a craving, when you're overwhelmed and you feel like your addiction is driving the bus, I get all of that. Relapse is a part of my story. Relapse is a part of a lot of people's stories. But when you decide to drink, you are focusing on the craving or the compulsion because sometimes it's not just as simple as a craving. And you're giving into that rather than understanding that when you put alcohol or drugs into your body, the same thing that brought you to your knees to want to get recovered is going to happen. When a lot of us come into this program, and stay with me here, you might not agree with what I'm saying, but I'm only one person. When we come into this program, a lot of sponsors will say, do you want to recover? And what lengths are you willing to go to? We have to be willing to go to any lengths or else we will not get recovered. Some people will say, well, I'm not willing to go to meetings. I'm not willing to do the steps. Okay, so you're not willing enough to step into recovery. My sponsor will say, I was willing to roll a nickel all the way down to Lake Ontario. That's how much I wanted to change. I was willing to go to any length to get recovered because I no longer wanted to be an alcoholic. And being an alcoholic isn't about I can't stop drinking. That's but a symptom. Being an alcoholic is is about the isms. It's about being maladjusted to life. It's about having a personality that fundamentally wants to go back into our addiction. Also being aware that addiction is a disease. It's a compulsion of the mind. It's an allergy of the body. We awaken the phenomenon of craving. When you truly accept you're an alcoholic, you alter your lifestyle. Wanting to get rid of the consequences of your drinking is very different than wanting to end your torture, your absolute torture and hostage. What's hostage? I was going to say hostility. You, you don't want to be a hostage anymore to your addiction is very different than saying, I just don't want the consequences of my drinking to end. And at the beginning, I thought, of course, all I want is the consequences of my drinking to end. I want to stop having hangovers. I want to stop doing shit and blackouts I can't remember. I want to stop the inappropriate behaviors that I do when I've had too much to drink. But 
really, when I thought about it, I wanted my slavery to alcoholism to end. I didn't want to have to turn to drinks or drugs every time I had a feeling I couldn't cope with. I did not want to be enslaved to spirits contained in a bottle in order to get through my life. My bottom wasn't just I was receiving consequences. My bottom was I feel like shit. I don't want to live this way. I'm not living. I'm surviving. I don't feel good about who I am. I can't look at myself in the mirror anymore. That's more to do with the consequences of my drinking in a spiritual and physical sense other than the consequences that like emotionally, sorry, an emotional, psychological, and spiritual bottom made me want to change, not just the physical consequences of my drinking. However, it takes some time away from alcohol to see those things. At first, a lot of us just want the consequences to end. But once we end up in recovery and start doing the steps, we realize that it's so much more than drinking and the consequences of our drinking. <sighs> okay. So what does it take to get recovery? Well, it's called the spiritual experience. It's appendix two of our big book. And what we need, what the spiritual experience does is it gives us a personality change sufficient to recovery, which means our personalities are the problem. Our thoughts and our feelings are driving the bus. So to have this spiritual experience, how do you get it? It's called the 12 Steps. All 12 steps. The promises start coming true halfway through step nine. But to do, to get the spiritual awakening, to have that spiritual experience sufficient to bring about a personality change, we have to do the steps. So you can't stop at four and you can't stop at seven and you can't stop at 10. You can never stop doing the steps. But if you listen very carefully to how it works, it is all outlined in our big book. It tells us exactly how you get recovered. The chapter is called How It Works. It's chapter five. It's on page 58. Listen to how it starts. Rarely, the original manuscript said never, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. These are the steps. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, the 12 steps. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. This program takes rigorous honesty. It means looking at our personalities. It means looking at the causes and conditions. It means going from believing in a higher power to, and three, to to faith. It's going from belief to faith. So at the point of step two and three, you just have to have belief. You just have to believe in something bigger than yourself. By the time you hit the later steps, you usually have created faith. Belief is knowing the tightrope will hold me between two spots. Faith is walking across that tightrope. So, oh, Someone is calling me that I really like, but I'll have to call him back. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. So it says, there are such unfortunates. This is people who cannot be honest with themselves. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. 
and then it goes into the steps. Before the steps, it gives us a caveat. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. We will never understand alcoholism. And if we truly look into the spirituality and the freedom our program offers, we will never truly understand our spirituality or recovery either. What we can depend on is thousands and thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that have recovered from their addiction because they say they've done these steps. So just rely on that. If you don't believe there's a higher power, do you believe that I believe there's a higher power? When I tell you that this is a spiritual program, I'm telling you that because I believe and I have seen results that believing in a higher power and surrendering to a higher power and knowing I'm not the power in this that's going to get me sober, I can only align myself with the higher power, has made me sober and not just sober but recovered. Believe me that I believe that. Use my higher power. My higher power is big enough for everybody. So what are you willing to change? What are you willing to do? Are you willing to call a person every time you have a craving and a compulsion? I don't want to call it a craving because it's so much more than a craving. Are you willing to call person after person after person until the desire to drink or use is gone? Are you willing to call your sponsor every time and do whatever they direct you to do? If you are willing to go to any lengths, you can beat this thing. So, for example, you want to drink, so you call your sponsor, and your sponsor talks talks to you. And after that, you still feel like you want to drink. So you call another woman or another man in recovery, and after that, you still want to drink. And then you call another one, and then you call another one. And eventually, it will start to dissipate. If you focus on the problem, I don't want to drink, I want to drink so bad, I have to have a drink, I have to use, I have to behave, you're just going to do it. If you focus on the solution, i.e. the steps, people in your community, your recovery community, service, I promise you, you will not have to give in to that. And it takes some time. You have to build your recovery muscle. So when you truly accept that you are an alcoholic or an addict, you accept and you alter that you have to change your lifestyle and you start to do the things others who have gone before you, who know what it feels like to be an addict, have done before you. Meeting makers make it is one of the things my sponsor hates the most. Meeting makers don't make it. Seekers make it. Doers make it. The people that are in COVID right now are, that are, quote unquote, making it, are making it not because their lives depend upon meetings, which is human aid. They're making it because they have a program of recovery that has suffi- they have surrendered to that has brought about the personality change sufficient to bring upon recovery. It doesn't mean we don't struggle. It just means we're not white knuckling it. We're not going to go out by the grace of God in working my program and connecting with my people. So it takes a commitment. How much are you willing to commit? You can commit your life to your addiction and you'll probably die. Or you can commit your life to wanting to get recovery. That's all it takes is wanting to get recovery and to keep coming back. So my sponsor uses, actually, I'm not going to get into this. This is a whole other podcast. So if somebody isn't ready, then we just plant the seeds and move on. 
If they're ready, you go back to step one if someone has relapsed. You have to be sober to do the steps. You can't relapse at three and then just go to four. You have to go back and look at, do you accept that you are powerless over drugs and alcohol and that your life has become unmanageable? Yes. Okay. Let's go into your higher power. Ask if the person consulted their higher power when they wanted to drink. Ask if they brought the higher power into it or just gave in to their addiction. Going back to step one, often it requires calling your sponsor every day and doing what they do, um, what they tell you to do. But you do need to be sober to do the work. Your sponsor is not your higher power. Your sponsor is to help you take you through the steps and keep connecting you to your higher power. Alcoholism is, liquor is but a symptom of our alcoholic personalities. It's called alcoholism, not alcoholism. We don't graduate out of it. We have to understand that we have an allergy of the body. So if a person is allergic to peanuts, they don't go on a tour of the peanut factory. They don't come home and say, you know what? I've had a really bad day. Whip me up a peanut butter sandwich, stat. They go to something else. They learn how to live to not indulge their allergy. So when we understand that concept of an allergy, it makes sense when we go to alcohol, severe consequences happen. When we indulge our drug addiction, severe consequences happen. With a peanut or a strawberry allergy or a food allergy, immediately your throat closes up and you have those kinds of results, right away consequences. Alcohol and drug addiction are different. They have slower consequences, but they're just as fatal. And our alcoholism is a disease, but our mind tells us we don't have it. So the book talks about we fail to remember just the consequences of a day ago. That's because alcoholism, drug addiction is cunning, baffling, and powerful. So we're not going to get it all through our minds. Uh, The book tells us that self-knowledge... I like to say self-knowledge avails us nothing. It's not an understanding in terms of our brain. Uh, That's what step one is. Step one is admitting we're powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. That's an admitting, but it calls for a deeper understanding. It calls for acceptance. Step two is usually where acceptance sinks because acceptance lies in our heart. It's heart energy. And when we accept something, it's usually, oh, fuck. I talked about this recently. And then what do I do about it? Whereas accepting is all in our head. And the spiritual experience is not a head experience. It is a heart experience. God is experienced through feelings and emotions, not through intellect, because our intellect will always fight the concept of God. It's just how we're made. There's nothing wrong with you. Surrender doesn't happen in our heads. It happens in our hearts. So step two is where acceptance sinks in. And then step three is the decision to take that acceptance and do something with it and go forward in our lives in recovery. Um, I'm very passionate about this today. Church jacks me right up. So when you relapse with your sponsor, you go back to one, not when you relapse with your sponsor. When you relapse, comma, you go back to step one with your sponsor, you go through one, two, three, then you go into four. If you've already done a fourth, your next four after you relapse is to fourth your relapse. Go through that fourth with your sponsor. See the causes and conditions that led you to drink. Usually it's an intolerable emotion, an intolerable thought. 
And what do we do with that? We go back to one, two, three. One, I'm powerless. Two, can't do it on my own. Gotta believe in a higher power. Three, bring that higher power in. Sometimes it doesn't take all at once. You know, like my sponsor will say, I didn't get to where I am because I started going to AA on Monday and I got here by Friday. It's taken 10 years for her to get to where she is. But you can have healthy, fulfilling recovery very early on. Just keep plugging through those steps because when you relapse it means you return to a previous state that's the definition of relapse return to a previous state so if you have returned to a previous state of personality defects that run your life through your addiction you have to keep going through the steps so that you can get through your character defects into a higher position with god into a higher position with yourself and move forward into recovery sound good okay That's a lot that's very intense. Preacher Julie is preaching today. Please know that you can do it. I promise you, you can do it. Keep plugging through. Reach out. Keep connected with your people. Keep connected with your program. Meeting makers don't make it. Seekers make it. Commitment makes it. Work makes it. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Sacrifice makes it. The sacrifices you make for your recovery will be rewarded in your freedom from your addiction. All right, we're good. I think I can breathe and take a breath now. Stick in there, tribe. You're worth it. You can do it. And I feel like I'm done and I shouldn't say anything else. Bye. Have a good day.